Hello, welcome back to the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. My name is Matthew Pfeiffer. I am your host, and I am here with a very special guest, Rayford Palmer out of Chicago. He is an Illinois attorney, and he is someone who I have a lot of respect for, and I enjoy his content. We've been following each other for a couple of years now on TikTok. Seems like that time really flies by. You guys know how I and how I connect with guests and invite guests on. People who I would hire myself, people who I would recommend to friends and recommend to families. So if you are in Illinois, if you're going through a difficult relationship, he's someone that I definitely trust, definitely trust his firm. He's someone I've talked to uh, offline. So it's not just someone that we're just trying to promote business and things like that. Uh, really appreciate, Rayford, your content and, and your podcast gives a lot of great advice, not just legal advice, but someone who I think that you could listen to for uh, for relationship advice, dating advice, things like that. And you guys have heard me say this before. I actually think that divorce lawyers give some of the best relationship advice because they're seeing it from the, you know, they're almost reverse engineering it. And so Rayford, thank you very much for, for joining the show. And I'm going to kick it over to you and tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get started? Thanks, Matt. I think you know I'm a big fan of yours, yours and your content as well. That's right. Came across one of your videos a couple of years ago on TikTok and commented, liked a lot of your content. And you and I have a lot of similar ideas about relationships and, and marriage. And so um, I always enjoy uh, what you have to say. So thank you. It's really a, an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I am an accidental divorce lawyer. I did other things other than divorce for about eight or 10 years as a lawyer did personal injury. I did business litigation. I did uh, transactions or like business deals. And I had a client ask me to uh, do a divorce for her. And I'd never done one before. And I told her I didn't do that stuff. Told her I gave her a referral. She called me about a week later and said she didn't like the guy and wanted me to do her divorce. And she said it couldn't be that hard. So uh, she, uh, I, she was very convincing. And I was just starting a new law firm with a partner at the time. I took the case. Then uh, it went well. She sent a friend. They sent friends. Pretty soon, I was representing a lot of people in divorce cases. Like I said, almost accidentally, but I found I really enjoyed it. You know and what's that's, uh, funny? That's how it started. Uh, yeah, I. Every time I ask that question to an, uh, to a divorce attorney, I've yet to find one that said uh, I went into this full full on knowing that I wanted to be a divorce attorney. Actually, let me take that back. Um, Dennis Bertrano was the only person that said that he he knew that that's what he wanted to do. So yeah, um, so I, I you know I always appreciate people who kind of back into it. And and most most divorce attorneys seem like they really not so much that they enjoy it, but they enjoy you know the aspect of people getting free and um, you know them starting a new life because there's there's also even though things are ending, there's also you know, some beauty behind people getting free and being able to live the life that they, that they want as well. Yeah, it's, it's a deliverance for people to a new start is exciting to see people evolve from a bad place to a much better place. And uh, I enjoy helping people with that transformation. And, and I always like the counseling part of being a lawyer more than the technical legal stuff. And mm -hmm. That's why I wrote the book. The book isn't about technical legal stuff that, that I've got out. You know, it's, it's about guiding people through that time and helping them understand what's going on and better deal with it. And that's been my message on social media is to help answer people's questions, to get them from A to B. And 
like you, I enjoy the relationships part of it and the the social aspects and the communications things and the because ninety percent of what bothers people in divorce a lawyer can't fix. Mm-hmm. You know, we can divide assets, debts, deal with custody, visitation, and deal with support. That's it. Those are all the tricks in the bag for a divorce lawyer. Right. And the value added is getting it done sooner, easier, helping somebody get from A to B. Yeah. What Thank would you, you say, you know, I, I know people always talk about the, you know, the big three of, of you know, why people go into divorce, um, why people end up divorced, cheating, finances, you know, poor communication. Do you think that all three of those are accurate? Do you think there's, you know, other other circumstances around that? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? So I get in trouble for this, but I think cheating is a symptom, not the disease. I agree. 100%. So in my now, experience, before, before, before I, I got to give a disclaimer before, because <laughs> I say <laughs> that. People in people start, you know, they get really, yes. really upset. So before you guys get up, so before you guys get upset, um, what Rayford is saying is 100% accurate. It is typically a symptom of other things that are going on. Yes, there are some people who are habitual cheaters, but yep. there are some people who it's a symptom of other things. And if you guys want other resources, a great, great book to understand um, all the, the aspects of, of cheating is uh, the, the State of Affairs by Esther Perel. Uh, and I know that's very triggering for people because, un- yes. you know, when you say understanding that, you know, you need to understand cheating, um, it makes it seem like we're okay with the person who's cheated. And that's not that's not the case at all. We just need right. to, we, we do need to understand it. So then we can either prevent it, we can understand it, whether or not people need to move forward and things like that. I agree hundred percent. And that, and it's, it's a nuanced position and it's taken me 20 years to figure this out. When years ago, when I started doing this, I thought it's always, it's always bad. It's the reason the divorce or that happens or whatever. And it's, it's certainly a triggering activity. Somebody discovers the cheating and they come to a divorce lawyer. But when you ask questions and you know this from your counseling background, when mm-hmm. you dig deep, and you ask people about the background, there are many things you find out that are red flags in the relationship, usually a stack of them, mm-hmm. not usually not one, usually many. And and the big caveat here is it doesn't make it right. I, I'm not saying it's, a, it, it's not a good thing, it's not morally right, all those kinds of things. But when you say, what is the cause of divorce? It's typically a, a number and a combination of things for married couples. And in varying percentages between the two people, it's so rare that it's all one person mm-hmm. and not a system. Because right. I, I do believe in the family system theory, you know, of, of, of a marriage and a family and everybody's part of that system. So, uh, so in terms of the top three, I think affairs are triggering to, to get people to come see a divorce lawyer, certainly. Um, and the serial cheater, the one you talked about, mm-hmm. the repeat offender. They're just people that shouldn't be married and, and they can't be fixed. And that's a different issue. Um, that's almost like an addiction and, yeah. and it has the same poisonous impact as an addiction. Right. So it's really a different category. You know, when somebody says, well, my husband has a alcohol addiction or whatever, that's an entirely different sort of vampire that drains the relationship where all the other issues are really subordinate. You know, the big thing is 
is destroying the marriage first. Yeah. It's the biggest hole in the ship. Um, but so let's get back to top three finance, communication. Sure. Big items. But I know poor people who are very happily married. Yeah. Including my parents when they were young. Mm-hmm. My dad was Good a soldier. Point. He was an enlisted man in the army. They had nothing. My mom was a dropout of college, you know, they, and they made it eventually, but they had nothing and they were happy. And, uh, there were very happily married poor people or yeah. people that don't, you know, we would consider less fortunate. Right. right. And, um, but communication, absolutely. Probably number one and the bedrock thing under a lot of this, um, mismatched values, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and changing values where people aren't having conversations about needs, uh, shifting potentially mm-hmm. over time or people not even understanding that they have certain needs and values that's, that have been in them, but surface as they get older. You don't know your values with kids necessarily till you have kids. Right. You know, are there, are there, uh, are there early indicators that you would say, like when people are dating or early on some indicators that maybe people are able to recognize some of these things or, um, steer clear of them or say like, uh, you know, cause, uh, we talk a lot about how, you know, people are looking for red flags and of course no one's going to be perfect or anything like that. But are there any indicators that, like you said, someone may not be able to be married or shouldn't be married, or maybe this isn't a, an ideal fit? Certainly cheating during the dating relationship. And I've had cases like that where the person, the other person who comes to see me says they cheated while we're dating, but I thought when we got engaged, it would be better. I thought if we got married, it would be better. Literally multiple instances of catching somebody. Now that's less, that's not common, but there's some obvious red flags. People don't want to believe are happening and they paper it over and they figure if I add another thing, it's going to go away. So if, if there are trust issues, well, if we get engaged, then it'll be okay. If we get married, then the guy will be committed to me or the lady. If we have a child, it'll be better. It doesn't make any of it better. Yeah. The, the bedrock, I really believe times change. People don't mm-hmm. fundamentally. It's difficult for people to change. There's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar diet industry because people have a hard time changing their diet, including me. And if that's the case, if it's hard enough to change a habit, that's as easy as not eating stuff that we shouldn't eat. Imagine other more fundamental things, you know, that are, and this is stuff you've talked about too. And, and so being upfront with your values and who you are and not hiding that stuff when it's time to discuss it, it's so important to really be upfront about your expectations, your values, and what you're wanting out of the relationship. I talk about the social contract a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get married without laying out the details of the social contract. What is the arrangement between us? Yeah. It's a two-way street. What do you expect from me? What do I need from you? We all think we know. And I got married at 21 the first time. I thought I knew because I sort of had the template of my parents' marriage, but I never saw under the hood of that marriage. It just was good all the time. They're still married, by the way. They did all their discussion behind closed doors. My sister and I never saw any arguments, no debates, nothing other than trivial stuff like, are we going to McDonald's or Burger King or something like that? You know, so I didn't know that. I thought things just are supposed to go well. You love each other and it's all good. Mm -hmm. Well, then I I found out it's not all good all the time. Right. And, and, People have different ways of communicating the love languages. I didn't know that until I was 45 years old. Right. 
Do you, and do you I, think, uh, have you seen, uh, during your practice, have you seen a rise or maybe even a de decrease with uh, divorced couples that may have met online? There are certainly more of them in the younger generation. There are more folks that met through dating apps and, and online, I would say, than, you know, certainly before. And so anecdotally, I would say I'm seeing more of the younger generation of clients who have met at least starting with an online service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely the case. And I do have a theory that that dating is a dying art. Yeah. And I, I call I call it anti social media because it's destroying our social skills. That's very true. Yeah. And especially among kids who don't date anymore. I mean, I know kids in college, my stepdaughters in college and my younger stepdaughters in high school, very nobody really dates. And when I was in high school in the 80s, I know I'm old. <laughs> it makes it was very you went on dates and you yeah. had a girlfriend and I had girlfriends in college. And that's pretty rare these days. Uh, so the person who might be listening, who might think that they're dating and they're listening to this and they're saying like, well, what does he mean? When you say that uh, people don't date anymore or they don't go on dates anymore, uh, what, what differences do you see? So it's much less face to face time. It's, mm -hmm. it's much, it's a huge reduction in time spent together mm -hmm. in each other's presence. We actually have to speak words to each other and uh, be in each other's world. So even when my kids were in high school, I have two sons, they're now in their twenties. When they're in high school, their friends live very close by and, and I'd see them typing on their phone. I'd say, what are you doing? I'm talking to my friends. So when I go to their house, that'd be yeah. like four in the afternoon. Well, I don't need to. I'm just, I'm Snapchatting them right now. Well, that's an example of anti-social media, which you, which extends to dating. Now I'll see a couple at a nice place for dinner and they're both on their phones. They call it fubbing. It's like phone mm -hmm. snubbing. I just recently heard about this as a trend now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's this stuff is happening. People stick their head in their phone. They're not paying attention to each other. They don't have to have a conversation. Yeah. And people get kind of lazy. They don't, they, they stop talking to each other. And this is the thing you're talking about the communication breakdown. Yeah. And it's so easy to bury ourselves in our, in social media and get those dopamine hits yeah. and not have to get a deep dive into talking to somebody and sitting there for uh, visualize a fishing boat for three hours or something, mm -hmm. or, or taking your time having coffee on a Saturday morning with the other person and just ask them how they're doing and what they think yeah. about. And from a therapist perspective, um, what's interesting is that you find out that you're not even present. And so, what by the time they get to your office or before they get right before they get to your office, when, you know, a husband or a wife might say something like, you know, we never spend time together. I don't feel close. I feel like we've grown apart. And the other person's like, what do you mean? We go to date night three nights a week and this and that. But you're really not actually connecting because exactly what you said, you're actually on your phone. You're not actually present. You might be physically there with that person, but you're actually still at work because you're communicating with coworkers or you're actually with your mistress or whoever, whoever it is that you're actually messaging, or you're actually worried about the kids because you're talking to the babysitter and the nanny and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see where, where that comes in. These, these tech tools ha are a blessing and a curse. And you're, yeah. what you're addressing is this, we have never been, we've never lived in a society like this. This is, this is so new. 
right. to be able to communicate across the world. It, I mean, I can, t I can send, I can FaceTime my mom from Italy or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, it used to be, I went on a cruise in the 90s with my parents. And I was in my early 20s with my wife. And you could only get on a computer in a computer lab. And you didn't have phones that do what they do now. I know I sound super old-fashioned. But the point mm -hmm. is, on a cruise, you were isolated from the outside world. And except for what you saw, on a, there was like a cable TV in each stateroom. But you didn't have this constantly updating you. People couldn't text you. You weren't getting DMs from work. You weren't getting DMs on all your social media platforms. And there was no social media. So you were fully absorbed in the cruise and the vacation and your family and friends. Yeah. And yeah, we were disconnected from work and the outside world, but we were disconnected from work in the outside world. And there's good to that too. Yeah. Speaking and, of, you know, oh, go ahead. Uh, speaking of social media, um, you know, we had, uh, you know, you had to be under a rock to not hear more, hear about Will and Jada Pinkett Smith and, Yep. You know, everything that's been going on, her promoting her book, which she's apparently has slammed Will and, you know, has gone on this tirade about him. Um, you know, what one of your thoughts on, first of all, not only them, but also from like, a, you know, the average everyday person, because as 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 uh, iconic as that couple is and as as many eyeballs as that has at the moment. We actually see that multiple days, multiple times when we're online, you know, couples bashing each other. And I'm sure, you know, you, you your clients have said something to you, you know, my husband, my ex-husband, my ex-wife, they're online, they're saying stuff about me. You know, uh, what are your thoughts on them? And what are your thoughts on people who are talking poorly about each other online on social media when they're going through a divorce? So... Number one, I'll say a couple of general things, then we'll focus in on, on Will and Jada. So uh, it's, it's a good topic. It's interesting because you're right. It's a microcosm or an example of, of a bigger picture situation. And one of my pieces of advice to people is to go dark on social media when they're getting divorced because uh, it isn't worth the, the bashing feels good for a minute and then yeah. it blows back on you and you just look bad. And Nobody needs to know your dirty laundry and it can be used against you and your spouse and your kids and your bigger family in ways you don't even imagine. And the internet's forever. Yeah. And it's not like you're just telling one person at church or, you know, down on the street corner, you're telling the world and that stuff can get screenshotted and reposted all over the place and go to places you don't even know. And maybe you take that post down, but somebody took a picture of it and it lives forever. And your kids have to live with that. So, and I know people will say, and I've gotten this response on, I've said this many times on TikTok and I get comments where people say, well, people have a right to know that he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know, people should know that he's a jerk and uh, the world needs to know he's an abuser. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First I say, do they? Um, because first of all, people aren't sure. They're not, it's not like you're laying out a court right. case. You're just saying stuff. And it, if you, I guess if you feel some catharsis by getting it out there, I would suggest talking to a counselor first. And I'm a big yeah. believer in counselors, as you know. Yeah. Um, I recommend them all the time for the cases and divorce coaches, counselors, and marriage counselors. Mm -hmm. They're all p powerful uh, 
people to work with in your team. Yeah. Um, and, and essential. Even if you think you have an agreed divorce, even if you think you have an easy situation, because it's right when you think it's easy that it, it's not easy or right. an issue comes up that's difficult, but I digress. So going back to the topic with this is go dark on social because you don't know the ways this can blow back on you. And in only in very rare cases are you never going to want to see the other person again. Yeah. Or, or is, is that even realistic? So in 95% of cases, probably 98% of cases, you're going to not only see the other person again, but want them involved with your children for decades. Yeah. And if you start blowing them up on social, now you've got to sit apart at the basketball game, and now your in-laws hate you, and your in-laws don't want to come together for the birthday party or the graduation or whatever, and... Now your business is all over the place right. for everybody to to vote on and make their own decisions. And when you start putting that stuff out there, people might not pick your side either. That's it. I was just about to say, you know, uh, number one, it could go sideways, but most people don't, you know, yeah, maybe your close friends and people who know you side with you, but most people, the people that you're trying to convince probably don't care and they're probably not going to take a side and the people on social media probably just going to use it for entertainment. They could care less either way, and they're not going to take another side. But exactly what you just said, you could just push someone onto, onto that other person's side because they may yeah. or may not tell their story. So the question to ask is, is it going to make anything better? Right. Is it going to make my divorce better? Yeah. Will it make my relationship with my kids and my family and my friends better? Right. It is a chance of being neutral or worse. Yeah. There's really no better. I heard so someone say that uh, it, defi it definitely doesn't make it better, but it definitely can can make it worse. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So so that's the number one concern is I, I really recommend people keep it quiet. And uh, what I think has happened here, and this is just me speculating, is the negative stuff got out there, the idea mm -hmm. that they've been separated all these years and the bad-mouthing about Will Smith and Jada's book and this kind of stuff's come out. And I'm guessing, that my guess is the PR team has swung into action and is warning both of them they're damaging their brands. Yeah. And now we're seeing a repair operation in place or taking place just now. Like you're really, Matt, you're on the cutting edge of this because the news isn't quite out there yet. It's just mm -hmm. starting to get out of this effort to patch things up or make things look better. Yeah. Um, and because last I heard, I had just heard the bad and stuff. And this has just come out, so yep. it's real timely. And I think it's a PR operation, this is my speculation, to patch up their public images. So uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit with patching it up and and also kind of like from, you know, average Joe's perspective and an everyday person's perspective, you know, because it's very common. I've seen it. I'm, I know you've seen it where um, a couple is, you know, full on, they're headed towards divorce. And then right at the last minute, you have the husband or you have the wife, you know, that, you know, hey, let's let's give it one last try. Let's give it one last go. And sometimes, I mean, I've seen it happen right before they're signing papers, right before trial, you know, those sorts of things. Um, what what are what has been your experience with that? Um, Typically, my my experience, I can't speak for you, but my experience is that even if they do call it off, it's usually 
not long afterwards that they're calling me right back again, you know, and they're and sometimes they're right back in the same scenario or sometimes even worse because of exactly what you said before, where uh, they now are, you know, they tried to make it work again, but now they're pregnant or they bought a house or they took out a second mortgage. They bought three boats and cars and this and that. I call it intensifying the relationship. They, you know, that they think that those things are going to make it, make it better, but uh, they ultimately put a lot more pressure onto the relationship. But what, what's, what's, uh, what's your stance on that? And you can talk about it from Will and Jada's perspective as well, because with them now trying to saying they're going to try to patch things up. So starting with, I guess I'll address the Will and Jada thing and then talk about the bigger point with Will and Jada. I, I think it's a different example or an unusual example because of their star power and their position as celebrities. The reality is probably the first thing that is the negative stuff is probably the reality. Again, total speculation. And this sort of happy talk that's come out recently is probably not real or it's pumped up for public consumption. So mm-hmm. it might not be the best example because it, I think there are other reasons going on for this. Hey, maybe it's legit and they're really trying to get back together. I, I don't know. But if you lived apart for six or seven years, it's probably not looking good. Um, and and so to, but to your point in my experience has been the same. Um, once, and I'll go a step further. So I always visualize an emotional bridge that both people are walking on. And there's always one person farther across the divorce bridge than the other person. Mm -hmm. Somebody is, has been thinking about it for months or years before the other person and has gone through the stages of grief. And they're, and they're at acceptance or they're close to it. And that caused them to call divorce lawyer in the first place and go through the moat, you know, these, the process to get moving. And the person behind them says, I don't like this. I want to stay married. And usually it's the person behind them on the bridge that says, wait, I want to make this work. I want to try to fix the things you're saying are broken. And they either make a good faith effort or part of a good faith effort or maybe a half hearted and or a failed effort completely. Or maybe it's just lip service. And it doesn't work out. It's in my experience, and it sounds like it's very much like yours. Once somebody has gotten across that bridge, it's so hard to go back. Yeah. It's, I always, the term I use is dead man walking. Yeah. Once that, it takes so much emotional energy. I'm sure it takes plenty of emotional energy to call a counselor. Yeah. Because they'll call me and they haven't called a counselor yet. And I'm yeah. kind of like, are you kidding? You haven't talked to a counselor yet? You should have talked to them years ago. Right. Number one. One of my, by the way, one thing I want to say to promote your profession is if anything, see a counselor earlier. Mm-hmm. Always people wait way too long to see a counselor. Yeah, yeah they, You're doing they, they really do. And, and you know, they a lot of times they wait until it's you're you're past the point of repair where yes. even if even if there's you know, because there's so many different you know, um, let's use cheating as an example, like what we were talking about before. One of the things that I um, let's say that it was more of a symptomatic thing, like what we were talking about. Uh, and there was just a breakdown of communication. One person felt like they're growing apart. Well, that's when you really should see a counselor. But yes. if you get to a point where you now have cheated and now trust is broken, yes, there are circumstances and there are couples that can work through it, but you, you cause a significant damage and there, and not everyone can see past it. Not everyone can get over it. 
And ultimately, right. sometimes that that point, you know, you may have crossed a, a bridge that you just can't get back to. And so, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes the damage is just done. It's that preventative maintenance is a lot cheaper. Yeah. You know, fix it. Changing the oil is a lot cheaper than changing the engine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because it's... Uh, so, yeah, if I'd say anything to anybody, it's go see those counselors early, folks. Even when you start feeling a little bad about the marriage, go to the counselor then, yeah. not months and months or years later when the resentment builds up and the communication's broken down and all that. It's too late. And uh, so with that bridge, I've just found it takes so much to call the counselor getting back to that. It, ta it takes so much to call a divorce lawyer yeah. and admit that your mar marriage is broken down. We put, we still put a very high social value on marriage across, pretty much across many cultures in the United States still. That the pressure is high to stay married typically. And I'm from a typical kind of suburban family. My parents are still married. My ex-wife's parents are, were still married. My father-in-law passed away last summer, but they were married for 50, almost 60 years. And the pressure on us, we were, both like the golden children of my, I was the first child in my, of my parents and my ex-wife was the oldest child of her parents. And mm -hmm. we were both nice people and we both were successful and we looked nice and we had nice kids and we had a nice house and we weren't supposed to get divorced. You know, right. we're, everything's perfect. And so there's still a lot of social pressure and people don't want to admit they failed at something. Yeah. And at, especially their marriage, because it hurts. And it's the hardest thing you'll ever deal with next to a death, a close, a close and family death. And in some ways it's, it's harder because it's an ongoing thing for months or years that you're yeah, wrestling. You can't, with. it's hard to heal from because every time you, you know, it's really hard to get to that acceptance place because that person's still alive there. And especially if you're co-parenting, you still have to deal with them. And so yeah. it's very difficult because uh, every time you start to make steps for forward, all of a sudden you're, it's like reopening that coffin and, and then closing it yep. again. So it's uh, it's very traumatic. It's a, you know, people a analogy. don't, people don't describe divorce as a trauma, but it really actually is. It's, it's actually, you know, it, it can be very traumatizing for people. Um, and people don't describe it as that, but it, but it actually is. Yeah, and it, exactly. And, and so it's because of that, that emotional bridge and people going that far just to pick up the phone and have a consultation with a lawyer they've gone such a long way that by the time the other person says, Hey, wait, come back. Yep. It's, it's trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. It's yep. how do you get the magic back? And even if you just have a if you had experience dating people, you've never been married, try to make yourself love somebody. Good luck. Yep. Mm -hmm. My dad told me when I was a kid, when I was dating a girl and I couldn't get her to like me or she, why didn't she call me back? Where he said, Rafe, you can't make somebody love you. Yeah. It was great advice. They, they yeah. said they either do or they don't. And once that mojo is gone, man, I don't know how you get it back. If somebody can find out and put it in a book, they'll be a billionaire. Sometimes, sometimes you, you, you can't, sometimes it doesn't. And because even yeah. in, even in a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage, I mean, you're constantly falling in and out of love, even if you still love that person. That's true. There's days where it's like, you know, you're through the roof with that person. And there's days where, oh yeah, they're good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> You know, because I think love love is number one a very complicated emotion, but it's also 
very misunderstood. And I think people think it's like a switch that you turn on or off where, you know, there's a lot of ebbs and flows, you know, when, when even in a healthy relationship, when there's a disagreement, I promise you, you might not love them in that moment. You know, you still, right. you know, you want to be together. You still know you love them, but you don't feel that love right then and there, you know? And so you, you know, you kind of rely more on the fact that, um, you know, you love the idea of being with them. You love, you know, the aspect of, of, uh, of the family that you're building or the direction that, that the relationship is headed. Um, yep. and, and, you know, and then the love comes back as you guys start to work through those differences more in a healthy relationship. But, um, yep. but yeah, there's, there's always these ebbs and flows. There's a, and I think what you can rely on in, in a good marriage, when you have those down times, hopefully you've built up a gas tank of goodwill yeah. mm -hmm. by the good times. Yeah. And, and you think, well, this is hard right now, but we've always had fun and it's always been good in the past. And I know I can count on her to do X, Y, and Z, and she's got all these great qualities. And, and so this is a blip and I know there's, this is down right now, but I know the, I love the ups, you know, yeah. this is a down, but I love the ups and they'll, and it'll be back. And yeah. when you, when you built up that reservoir of goodwill, then you can survive the downs. And, and also there's that underlying teamwork yeah. thing. If you have those aligned values and that's where the children strengthen the relationship. If you've got the solid basis, children add to it. You've got more things to, to fight for together. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. And that's part of that reservoir. And it's like, uh, if, if it's just negative down, 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 and you drain that out to zero, yeah. then it's like, well, we're just legally married, but why am I married? What's the benefit? Absolutely. And Rayford, so, thank you so much. You are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, and thank, <laughs> thank you for you. everything that you do for people in Chicago and in Illinois. Uh, you, you always have great advice for people who not only are struggling in relationships, but also for relationships as well, for people who are healthy in relationships. So if you are watching this or if you are listening to this, make sure you go down to the show notes and go down to the comment section. Let me let us know something that something that you may have learned from today's episode. Make sure you go you go and you follow Rayford on all of his social media. Connect with him. Ask him for advice. Uh, I believe he has um, you, he has a support group that you can actually enter questions in, and he answers them on social media. Very very similar to the things that I do as well. Uh, Rayford, if you could share people with people where they can find you at, where they can connect with you at, and uh, and then we'll close out. Sure. Easiest to find me is just at Rayford Palmer at TikTok. Uh, also at Rayford Palmer Instagram. My law firm is STG Divorce Law. That's like Sierra Tango Golf Divorce Law in the Chicago area. Very easy to Google and find us. And uh, my book is called I Just Want This Done. How Smart Successful People Get Divorced Without Losing Their Kids' Money and Minds. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Um, but yeah, check us out. I love to have people interact. And we have a private Facebook group uh, for Illinois folks. Uh, thinking about divorce, talking about divorce, free to join. So thank you very much, Matt. I love I love the work that you do. You know, I really enjoy it. And you provide so much value for people out there by doing these deep dives into these topics that a lot of people really just aren't talking about. And uh, it's it's so valuable for your audience. And so I recommend anybody who's following me to make sure to join and follow your content as well. So thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you very much for your kind words. I appreciate it. My pleasure. No problem.